if my wife says to me, uh, what's wrong? And I say nothing. What did I just do? I started the conversation off with a lie. So how are we going to discover truth when we start off with a lie? Listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you joined us today as we continue to look at communication from Ephesians 4. And uh, that's a great truth that you just brought out here. When uh, we respond, nothing is wrong. When something obviously is wrong, we're starting that out with a lie. Shame on us for doing that. That's right. Let's flip that. Okay. When you. Uh, Obviously, whether it's your spouse or someone else, you, you can tell that something is wrong, that they're bothered by that. The body language is all there. There's a big problem. What's wrong? And you get back, nothing. Do you let it go? I don't. You keep As pushing? As a matter of fact, uh, we sat down and uh, we looked at Ephesians 4. It says, speak the truth in love. And so we, we have a personal devotional time, my wife and I, three to four times a week together. Mm. And uh, we're going through a book that causes us to ask each other the hard questions. We've gone through the book about five times in the last 10 years. We love it. Mm. Uh, But one of the things that uh, we have come to is this, that if we don't want to talk about it at that particular time, then say that. Don't say nothing because now you're not speaking the truth in love. And so this is how, uh, you you know, this is how we roll is what we would say. So if there's something wrong with me and I want to say nothing, I say, you know what? At this time, I really don't want to talk about it. And and I'll give a reason why, because I'm so angry right now. I may become volcanic and attack you and not the problem. And she does the same thing with me. It works for us. We've been doing this for years. Okay. For years. And so what we do is we say, we are going to schedule any fights that we have so huh. that so that the Holy Spirit can even control our fights. So we set times uh, for our, I can't talk about it right now. When do you think you can? Give me a couple hours. Give me, give me four hours. Give me six hours. I'll get back to you yeah. when I calm down. And so that helps us to avoid this, what's going on, nothing, because... Generally, when people say nothing and there is something, there's something behind the nothing. Right. Oh, yeah. You have to find out what is behind the nothing in order for you to have an effective communication. So it may be they think that you're going to respond inappropriately. And so we just say that. Yeah. You know, this is an issue where you've responded inappropriately in the past, and I just ain't feeling it right now. And so with a response or retort like that, you guys understand, okay? Yes. And I'll the, say, the, glove, the gloves are uh, staying on. They're not coming off. We're not right. throwing down right now. That's right. Okay. And, and we'll just wait uh, until there's an appropriate time. And then here's the key. Here's what we do after that. We pray, whether we feel like praying together or not. Or not. I'm telling yeah. you, it works. Yeah. Because I tell everybody, my wife and I, we don't argue. We just have heated fellowship. <laughs> Well, already some great tips that we can uh, be applying to relationships and marriage. Let's hear more as uh, we open our Bibles to Ephesians 4 and continue the message, Communication, the key to any and every relationship. Here is Pastor Ford. And so you know my first reaction, right? 
because I gave them, I always give a scripture everything I say. I gave Song of Solomon chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. And another sister said, wrong interpretation of scripture. Here's what I wrote. I wrote back, I said, read Genesis 29, because you want somebody who will do anything to make you their everything. If a man wants you, he will make changes, go out of his way, make adjustments, concessions, etc., to demonstrate his desire to make you his. Boaz saw Ruth and was attracted to her, wooed her, won her, wed her, just like Jacob, just like Solomon won the Shunammite. Yes, only God can change character, but we control our own actions. And believe me, generally, if a man wants you, he will do what's necessary to win you. Interest often leads to investment. That's why I quoted uh, Solomon in the passage that I did. She said, he brought me to his banqueting table. His banner over me is love. That's a powerful statement that demonstrates the length Solomon went to show the Shunammite she was more important to him than his other 700 wives and 300 concubines. He did some things for her that he did not do for anyone else. A banqueting house was reserved for only the most important people. She's a peasant farmer. A banner was a flag that demonstrated who you were under like the American flag. It meant protection, provision, and a host of other things. Solomon is declaring his allegiance and telling her everything she needs, he intends to supply, and everything she needs him to be for her, he intends to be. Jacob did the same thing uh, for Rachel, Genesis 29, and so did Boaz, Ruth chapter 2. They were interested enough to begin making investments, changes, to openly show they were willing to give anything to make that woman their everything. The statement in the post does not and was not intended to attribute blame or fault to any woman, only to say, if he's not willing to make changes for you, move on. He is not interested in you, no matter what he says. God bless you, Maranatha. That's what I sent. Now, let me give you her response. I'm going somewhere with it. I'm not just reading it so I can put you on my Facebook page. Here's what she said. Thanks for elaborating and giving me more insight on the scriptures. I now have a better understanding of what you were saying. Pray for me too. Now, not many pastors would be so humbling when someone is questioning them. I love learning, and more importantly, I love the Lord. So thank you for clarifying and giving me something where I can grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then I wrote back, you did the right thing. You are an Acts 17, 11 person, and I personally wish there were more Christians like you. I also thought maybe I did not write it well enough, and as I meditated on it, I think it would have been better said this way. A man will change for the woman he wants. If he hasn't changed, he doesn't want you. That statement better reflects my intention. As my assistant pastor says, got to be more careful and make absolutely sure I'm conveying what I'm thinking. God bless you, Maranatha. Now, why did I read all that? Because my first response was not to try to understand. My first response was defend myself. Are you going to tell me the wrong? You don't know what you're talking about wrong interpretation of the scripture. I mean, I go to great lengths to make sure I'm rightly dividing 
the word of truth. How dare, let me show her something. Then her response caused me to begin to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me look at my statement again. Why did she think what she thought? Did I have anything to do with conveying it in any way? Yes. I said, if it's the right woman. I know what I meant. She didn't. And she thought that I was saying that the woman needs to be right. When all I was saying is, if you're the right woman, or if you're the woman for him, he will change. And God don't have to do it. Amen. Any brothers know what I'm talking about? Amen. Because I've been doing it for 45 years. You know, so don't tell me. So what, what you want to do then is you want to make sure that you are trying to understand what a person is trying to communicate to you so that you don't have those. I, I like this quote. Wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools because they have to say something. And so we then need to try to understand. Now, let me just show you uh, some of the things that, uh, that the scripture says, because actually then I need to understand the power of words, that our words have power. Remember, we used to say it, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never, that's a lie from the pit of hell, and it smells like smoke, because there are some of us in here right now, we're suffering from what we were told when we were shorties. You ain't gonna never be nothing. You just like your daddy. You just like your mama. You this, you this, you that, you that, you the other. Many people fall victim to that. Let me show you the different words in scripture. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles. Uh, look at Proverbs 12, 18. We're just gonna look at a couple Proverbs. Because remember, uh, uh, Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now he's talking, not talking about creative power. It's talking about that words can be productive or words can be destructive. So when we started off in Ephesians, what did he say? He said, let no filthy communication come out of your mouth. Now, we think he's talking about cussing. You're not talking about cussing. It's including cussing, but it's more than that. Because the word filthy communication, one word in Greek, literally means words that are rotten and unfit for use. So the proverb says, there is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. In, in other words, look, look at what he's doing. This is called uh, antithetical parallelism. What's it called? Antithetical parallelism. It is the first line is the opposite of the second line. It's just a device uh, that they use uh, in the Psalms and in the Proverbs. So then he says, there are some words uh, that pierce people like a sword. And so we need to analyze our words. Let my words be sweet today, Lord, because I may have to eat them tomorrow. One man was trying to show a person the power of the words and how once you said something, it is irretractable. So what he did was he broke up in a pillow. He said, put one of these feathers at the door of every one of the people in the street. And he did. He said, now go back and collect them. He said, they're all blown away. Exactly. Just like your words. Once they're gone, they're gone. 
and sometimes they do irreparable damage. Uh, and so, you know, I was talking uh, on the radio, we were talking last week about abuse. And somebody called and, and uh, they described uh, uh, what was going on. They said, but I'm not being abused. And I said, I beg to differ with you. You are being abused. That's called verbal abuse. And verbal abuse is this first step that leads to emotional, social, financial, and, and ultimately physical abuse. And so words have power. A real helpful look at what abuse is and why our words are so important on today's broadcast. You're listening to Treasure Truth and a message called Communication, the key to any and every relationship. And you may want to listen to these broadcasts again. We can find them online when you come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. Order copies on CD, stream the programs, or even download MP3s. That's at treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford. Look at Proverbs 23.32. Proverbs 23.32. I just want to point them out for you. Proverbs 23.32. Oh, I grabbed the wrong one. That's about wine. Okay, somebody must have needed that. Somebody, somebody must have needed that about the wine. <laughs> okay, look at Proverbs. <laughs> Proverbs. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Psalm 140, verse 3. Psalm 140, verse 3. Let me read from verse 1. Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asp is under their lips. So he said there are words that are like poison. Then look at Psalm 64, verse 3. He also says there are words like a sword, but he adds something else in there too. He said there are words uh, that pierce like an arrow. Psalm 64, 3. Who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows. What arrows? Bitter words. Bitter words. And so the Bible tells us then that as we communicate, we need to understand Seek to understand, not to be understood. We've got to not jump to conclusions. And, and you see that in Scripture. We've talked about it before. But remember what happened in Joshua 22? Uh, Israel had uh, defeated the land. They had gone in, defeated the people. And the two and a half tribes want to stay on the east side of Jordan. And the other tribes went to the west side. So they said, come and help us fight. Then once you help us fight, you can stay on the east side, we'll stay on the west side. So east side, west side. So the two and a half tribes said, you know, there's a river that's separating us. So maybe what we better do is this. Let's erect a replica of the altar over there, not for sacrifice, but if their children ever look at our children and say they don't belong to us, they will see the replica of the altar and say, oh yeah, they got the same altar we do. They, they, they have to be a part of us. And then it says, somebody jumped to conclusion and said what they've done is placed an altar there for worship. Anybody know what happened? Raise your hand if you know what happened. The 10 tribes got ready to go to war with the two and a half tribes because somebody jumped to conclusions. So they had just finished fighting together. Now they're going to fight each other because somebody jumped to conclusions. 
because somebody didn't take the time to say, what's that for? Why did you do that? What's your motivation behind that? You feeling me? All right. So that we need to be able to do these things so that, and, and I got to throw this in, I'm sorry, but don't quarrel or nag, don't use silence. Usually, usually it's we men who use silence and it's usually women who use nagging. Now, I didn't say it. I'm going to read it from the Bible, okay? You don't even have to turn to it because I know only the brothers are going to write these down. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 21, 9. Better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. That's Bible. That's what the Bible says. Let, let me read Proverbs 19, 13. Here's what it says. Proverbs 19, 13. A foolish son is the ruin of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. Say, so a nagging woman is like a dripping faucet. Drip, 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 drip. Now, I'm just telling you, this, this is principles. It's something to think about. And generally, uh, you know, we men do it too. But listen to Proverbs 21, 19. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman in the wilderness. In the wilderness. Oh, oh yeah, in the wilderness. Proverbs 27, 15. Proverbs 27, 15. Here's what the, the book says. Solomon said it. He ought to know. He had a thousand of them. A continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. That's what he says. And notice something. He said that twice. He said that twice. And so write these down. Proverbs 15, 23, and 28. Don't use silence as a tool on the other person. Don't use silence as a tool on the other person. Proverbs 15, 23 and verse 28 and Proverbs 21, 28. Let me say it again. Proverbs 15, 23, 28, Proverbs 21, 28. Here's the next principle. And I'm, I'm gonna finish today. So, uh, you know, if you don't have them filled in, I will fill them in. Here, here's the principle number five. Speak the truth in love. That's what the Bible says. Speak the truth, that's the message, in love, that's the motivation. you got to have the right message linked with the right motivation. Speaking the truth and there's no love. We're speaking in love and there's no truth. And so we need to understand uh, that the Bible says, speak the truth. Hey, can I tell you something? If my wife says to me, uh, what's wrong, and I say nothing, what did I just do? I started the conversation off with a lie. So, so how are we going to discover truth when we start off with a lie? Ooh, putting the oil to the squeak. Y'all quiet in here. Let me tell you my favorite joke when it comes to lying. It's my favorite one. Some of you haven't heard it before. They found this toy. This toy not only was a robot, but it was a lie detector. And uh, if the child was playing with it and they lied, they get zapped. And so they got it. They got it for little Johnny. So they brought it home. He was playing with it. And his mother said, Johnny, did you eat those cookies I told you not to eat? He said, no, ma'am. I didn't eat it. Zip! And the robot zapped him. 
when he woke up, what was that, mama? Well, this robot me and your daddy bought for you, it detects all lies. So every time you lie, you're going to get zapped. Dad said, yeah, because when I was your age, I didn't lie to my parents like that. Zap! <laughs> he got up. So oh, she said, you better be careful. Uh-huh, see? Uh, you and your son got zapped, and you know that's your child. Zap! And so we, we speak the truth in love. Let, let, me, let, me just, let me just say this. Let me just say this. You ever been caught in a lie? And you try to get out of that lie? Yeah, usually with another lie. But, but you generally, you make it worse when you deny the lie. Let me just show you something. Write this down. One day we're going to, we're going to study this. Uh, I can't keep promises, but, but we're going to study this. Look at 2 Corinthians. Look at 2 Corinthians. Chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And I know I keep promising, but we are. We are going to look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Listen to what it says. Verse 10. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. See what he's saying here? He's saying, look, if you have some real godly sorrow, then you will repent. And it won't be just the regret of the world. It won't be the sorrow of the world. It'll be sorrow that leads to genuine repentance. In other words, if I told a lie, I need to be forgiven of the lie. And so that I can restore effective communication. As long as the lie is between us, there's not going to be any effective communication. I don't care how many times we go back and forth, we got to deal with the lie. You know, as you've been listening to Pastor Ford's teaching, I hope that you're pulling out these important biblical truths about communication. We've been basing today's broadcast from Ephesians chapter 4 and looking at how communication is the key to any and every relationship. You may want to go back and listen to today's broadcast or the previous broadcast in the series again. You can always do that by coming to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. And as you do listen, there may be questions that come to mind about something you hear on the broadcast. Well, you can always ask your question by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org, click on the contact link, and there you can ask your question of Pastor Ford. We'll make sure that he sees those, and we might even uh, answer one of those on a future broadcast. So again, come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the contact link. When you do that, you can not only ask questions, but you can also give us your feedback. Let us know where you listen and why you listen and what sort of difference it's making in your life. We recently heard from a couple of listeners in Illinois, like Gordon, who says Pastor Ford's wonderful radio programs have inspired me and strengthened my faith. Thank you very much for all you do. Keep up the great work. And Diane says, thank you for your ministry and your wise counsel. You've been such a blessing to me. Well, how has Pastor Ford's teaching been a blessing to you? You can let us know that when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. And if this program is being a blessing to you, would you also be a blessing to us? Would you consider giving a generous financial gift so that we can keep this program on this station each day? You can give online by coming to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the link that says Make a Donation. That's treasuretruthradio.org and make a donation. Thanks for doing that and for listening. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.